All right, guys, this is your special quarantine edition of AVHD, and we are here with Mike Gassaway, and to my left is Leah Miller. Wanted to, you know, touch base. It's been like, what, like, a, I think like seven months or six months since our last interview. In the, with with in COVID, the, it seems like 10 years ago. Dude, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like March, March was probably the longest month of my life. I know. And it's yeah. very murky anyway, because I was drinking during like half of it. It seems so long ago, too. So weird. It's just a, it was, it's just been a weird time in, in general. I mean, obviously, like everything everyone's going to be watching is going to be about how weird yeah. coronavirus is. But especially for people kind of in our space, whether it's being a student or being in education or even the creative industry, it's just like, how do we adapt and how do we adjust? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, with you, like, how how's your last couple months been? Since I mean, I've I've kept in touch with you loosely during the school year, but we've been. I mean, everything went on shutdown around March, so. You know, you know, for me, as far as education-wise, I, since I've been teaching online for, for 14 so years, it wasn't that different. Okay. You know, so, I mean, so that, that wasn't too much of an issue. Um, you know, it, was, it was weird, like, for some of my classes when students wouldn't show up, I'm like, come on, you paid for it, you might as well show up. Right. Like online, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, because, yeah. you know, all I did was I said, okay, we, if we normally meet from 9.30 to 11 or 10.50, whatever, same time, just online. Yeah. And for my advanced classes, everybody did. See, yeah. I would have loved that. Her and I, we quarantined together. Um, again, you want to introduce yourself? You're Leah. I yeah, kind of did it for you. My name is Leah. <laughs> just... Yeah, we ended up quarantining together. So that was cool to have a friend, you know, because otherwise I would have gone crazy. Just yeah. Hanging out with just my roommate. You went crazy anyway. Only, so. I, I think <laughs> we would have loved, though, having a, like a, a, sure. a class. Because yeah. like, for us, both our majors kind of overlapped. I feel like it was seldom the occasion where we actually got to check in and talk to other students and like make it feel like normal. Yeah. So that's strange that people would kind of ditch that because like I was craving being a student. Because dude, my online my my work ethic during like March and April was like wake up, drink alcohol, (laughs) (laughs) and like and it wasn't if there wasn't any schoolwork. It was like and it was in like creatively like. I think something that a lot of creatives and maybe you can speak to this. I know you're you're extremely busy at being an actual like industry person, and I feel like for a lot of people kind of getting started out, there's kind of like a, um, like I guess for lack of a better word, like a depression that can come of like oh yeah, not have like I'm such a hobbyist and I'm addicted to not only routine but productivity, and it's like when I go week to week where I'm you know, making movies, talking about movies, or even just whatever the hell it is, you can you, you can be outside of this industry. Yeah. And then for it to have that stripped away, like, what, what, is that, what has that been like for you, at least? You know, um, well, when this happened, my wife was in Florida because she had, uh, she was going to travel and see her parents anyway, and she broke her foot. So she, she was, was telling down me there. on yeah, Thanksgiving. She, <laughs> well, she broke it in Thanksgiving, but then she broke it again when she was down in Florida. Yeah, Holy So it made it shit. even worse. Right. And so then she was stuck down the there. Same foot? Yeah. Yeah, she stepped on right where right where um, the, it was broken, like on the ah. end of her foot. She stepped on a um, the plug for her hair dryer. No. Oh my god! Like, what are you walking oh, no. around? That reminds for? me of like a quiet yeah. place when she steps on that nail. Uh huh. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Try not to scream. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, wow. so it was it was weird for me because like I was here with these two cats. You know, some, some fluent in cat now. Yeah, I mean, seriously, how, how was that? <laughs> My God. You know, and in some respects, it was good because, like I said, the, um, the education thing didn't really change too much for me, except yeah. I was sitting here for four and a half hours instead right. of moving. Not a fan right. of work. I'm not a fan of working from home, really. Exactly. I like you. This is yeah. stuck. This is your stuck. office. It's yeah. cool. No, like, I, I love having a workspace at home when it's a couple hours a day. Yeah. yeah. But, like, there's something for me about getting up 
leaving yeah. and yeah. like getting uncomfortable. Yeah. If yeah. you don't like get uncomfortable every day, you don't really find yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. It you know gives I mean? you motivation in order yeah. to, you know, like leave the house. It's like, you know, you view your, your house as kind of a, a safe space. And it's yeah. like, wow, now I really have to work in my safe space. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm not really true. motivated yeah. to do that. So. Yeah. so is that how it's been pretty much for the whole time? I mean, like, have you been no, busy? No. Like, I, I've definitely kept myself busy. I mean, uh, I think the, the important thing was routine. You know, you have to do that. So I, I'm, I'm a big person of I write down my list and I follow a list of what I yeah. need to do. You can't um, see it on so, camera, but there's like white, there's like bulletin boards everywhere. It used and to be worse. Well, that's, that's beaten path right You're there. such a storyboard yeah. artist. Yeah. You are yeah. such a storyboard <laughs> artist. Like that's, I, that's beaten path and that's a um, television show that uh, my wife and I are working on. Yeah. Okay. So it actually is something like that then. Because yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'm like, this looks like how I would storyboard something. Oh yeah. That's so. the film right there. That's okay. all the moments of the film. Yeah. I used to, it's weird. I used to have the pictures of the actors that I wanted up there and I felt like it jinxed me and I literally almost put them up today and I'm like, that's we funny. haven't hundred percent gotten it. It's not mm. in my pocket yet. I'm not putting it up yet. Well, I mean, yeah, we <laughs> talked a little bit off the record about that. Like, what are you able to say that is like not using specific names about the project and yeah. the company and things. Are you even allowed to say anything? Like, I mean, well, I know yeah. we talked last time, yeah, I mean, but you were trying to get a project started. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the budget went from 1.5 million to 2 million and it got fully funded. Cool. And so, but the thing is, you know, you say fully funded, but it's like not until the money's in the bank and you're starting to spend it. Does it count? That's how I feel about you landing know, so a that's job. That's why I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> after yeah, I got co- a job, after I haven't co- started yet. I've yeah. had two jobs, like situ. I've had so many job situations since COVID that are like, I'm like getting to that finish line and then like so far it's been nothing but like, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so you don't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah it's scary. Yeah. I, I mean, but yeah, I know we also like, we can edit anything out by the way, Mike. So because okay. like, last time I did some editing on our podcast because we got a little um, off the record with some of the stuff that we're talking about. But I like, can't stop myself. No, me. Well, it's usually me. <laughs> I'm the one who had the five, how many five-year-olds can we beat up That's topic? Right. So There's uh, your first edit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, we can get into that. I would love to talk about that. I um, but so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ask the ask the guy that worked on three kids shows. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, true. That means not put in there. But like, I mean, not not that I know I'm ever going to do animation right. again. But I like that option. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's so funny. It's like we'll go into adult animation. So I uh, yeah, but, but my my first uh, feature is going to be horror film. You know, yeah. So how awesome. different that's can you be? It is. It's well. But he's so. But you're going to like yeah. what? What you're? That's like your well, favorite. You know, shit. Okay. Well, here's an interesting thing that this person that um hopefully we are, we are going to be working with, uh, she is in the process of buying Fangoria magazine right now. You want to go into what that is? Fangoria magazine is kind of like uh, I would almost it, say but... the best magazine for horror and science fiction. I mean, okay. Starlog is kind of more science fiction. It's like they're. They're like cousins kind of. Yeah. But Fangoria was one of these things that when when I was a kid, I had like, you know, you see these cork boards like this. Well, I had an entire wall of cork. You know, Did so you, you really? Buy it and, and yeah, my parents glued it to the wall because I think they're like tired of all these damn holes in here. So, <laughs> yeah. And so what I did was in Fangoria magazine, like if there was a Friday the 13th that came out and it showed all the blood and guts, oh, I cut it out and put it all over the walls. So I was you too squeamish. So. I was too much of a pussy as a kid to do that. I was too squeamish. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Yeah, people come out my room and like, how do you sleep? Oh, my man? God. Like, very easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have many friends when I was growing up. I don't know why. Yeah, I wonder why. See, I had, I, awesome. See, I, my walls look how your walls look now in your studio, in your office with cartoon characters rather than bloody yeah. well, well, as you saw my, my other office, I mean, I had all my movie yeah. posters up here too. So it's a little barren. Right got like now. evil, what do you got? Like Evil Dead evil and Dead, something Friday else. 13th. And, and then, then the Jaws. Big Jaws. Yeah. By the way, Lee, I meant to tell you, when you talk, 
try to lean more. I know. I'm, me. I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. So we're in a so, we're, we're we're in a hand, we're in like we're figuring it <laughs> right. out. One of our microphones stopped working, yeah. so we're like just. If anyone's ever seen any of our other episodes, they know that we are not professional. <laughs> like, at it's all. all about content. We had we had a game designer guy on once in like middle of the episode. He's like, "Do you guys just want to play D and D?" And we just I was like, "Yeah." And we just scrapped the episode, kept rolling, and played like this tabletop game for like oh, thirty five cool. minutes. But yeah, so like you said, the person with Fangoria Magazine was involved with that. She, oh, yeah, she's purchasing it right now, and that's cool. she was even talking about uh, making it like a studio, that's, a film studio. That's a good idea. Yeah, just doing horror films. She didn't have one before? No, she's a producer. Okay. She's really young. Mm. So I don't know where her money came from, but... I've heard of the... (laughs) Does she have family in the industry, you think? I don't know. I I never asked her. I've only met her once. I'll get her on the podcast and ask her. I... uh, Actually, I think she is in. I think she's in Austin. Oh, really? Yeah, as everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. I um. (laughs) That's where everyone's at. Um. Right, it's the. I think Austin's gonna be the new LA or the new New York. I haven't decided which one yet, but it's gonna be yeah, the new it, something. It's just, it's just Austin. Yeah, maybe that. That's kind of what Austinians prefer. Yeah, oh yeah. But like, because oh, yeah. it's not as full of crap as LA, and it's yeah. not as noisy as New York in terms of like how much saturation there is. Yeah. But it's like it feels small town, but it is so big for oh, the yeah. industry. Yeah, really, really great. I mean, you were talk telling me about Austin, saying you love that city. Like, I know you guys did Neutron stuff kind of out of Dallas. Yeah. So, like, did you guys? I mean, what was your connection to Austin? Just loving it. Uh, well, Austin, um, because my friend Tim Lee, uh, really, he started Alamo Draft House, and so he's been there for a long time. And we even after, I can't remember not. It was during it was during Neutron actually, because I was still in Dallas that I, yeah. I made the trek down there, and we did like an outdoor screening one time. Oh that, my God. That was, I, did I tell you that? You didn't tell me about oh, the. You didn't tell me about so the. Funny because for Neutron. Yeah, yeah. So we actually um, screened it outside for Adventure or Boy Genius for like which one? The, the movie feature. Or the, they okay, showed yeah, the feature, yeah. and um, so I went down there, and it was just supposed to be one of these smaller gatherings. You know, maybe a hundred people, something like that. I went to this huge park, and I didn't realize how many people were going to be there. And I'm I'm sitting back by. He had like one of these trailers that you know had the the reels on it, and we're shooting out of this trailer. It's pretty gas. I'm sitting back there with his parents. And we're just talking everything like, I'm not realizing how many people are here. Yeah. And so Tim goes up and says, hey, I'm going to introduce you. And he just take a couple questions. So I'm like, okay, no problem. And so he introduced me and I walk up and I'm like, well, there's a couple people here. And I grabbed the mic and I turned around and I went, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was I, packed. I wonder what park you it were It was at. a couple That's hundred so awesome. people. Yeah, it was, wow. it was insane. Well, Austin loves that kind of stuff. I mean, they do that. I feel like they would do that with maybe half that capacity just for normal things. And then you oh, have yeah. like an official screening. I mean, people are going to show yeah. up. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Like for anyone from Ohio or the Midwest, like Alamo draft house is just like the most, one of the most special places to go watch a movie pretty much anywhere. Cool. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it's in Austin. It's in California. Like I used to yeah. love my favorite one. Personally, I really love the one in San Francisco a lot. And, oh, yeah. um, it's just like before drinking beer was cool in movie theaters. They were yeah. doing it. And oh Yeah. But it's a lot more than that. There's a lot it's, of film it's an history. Experience, and that's yeah. what that's what Tim likes is it, you know his his famous thing is he had to kick Madonna out because she was using her cell phone. Yeah, Aww. you know, so that was the big thing. And but but the thing is, it's it's a it's an experience. <laughs> you know, really, you don't want to just go watch a movie. You want to experience right. it, and that's what he likes. Of course, yeah. It. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because like. Well, yeah, we get into movies on this a lot, but like Leah was telling me, she's like, I'm kind of nervous. Come on. And I'm like, why? You're amazing at talking. And she's like, it's not because of that. It's because like, I'm not like as big a movie person as you guys are. I want to consider myself a movie buff. It's just like, that's okay. You know, I I'm watch like, movies. But, the, but that's enough. That's enough. But Dude, that's enough. Yeah. We're not like pretentious about it either. Like I just like on this show, I've probably just so many times just brought friends on and I like force them to just kind of get on and meet people 
that are in different fields yeah. and like creative spaces. And it's, it's always really rewarding for everyone involved, like meeting new people. And, uh, I mean, like a couple of the episodes have nothing to do with film. We were doing it in the film direction because that's how we got any funding and any resources oh, yeah. and anything right. like that yeah. was like, Hey, you do a film club and you can get credit and you can yeah. get sponsorship, like whatever it was. Yeah. It was so like, cool. yeah. so like, okay, we'll keep it on movies. But there's been times I've done like mindfulness and I've done video games, just whatever the hell I want to talk about. Yeah. One time I, one time we just joked around for like an hour and just and talked <laughs> about nothing. I mean, we, so that was your Seinfeld episode. Yeah. I mean, I like that. I like that kind of content. Like yeah. I like that. I mean, something I want like, to get, bring it back a bit was just like, covid like i i feel like it's hard to do a movie podcast during like the weirdest time in our history for a long time yeah i mean for many different reasons i mean like politically economically and then like healthcare concerns and you know, like it's it's interesting because yeah I, the, the one thing that we're we you know we're doing videos for the school yeah and uh someone brought up because i was like you know what after everything that we're doing let's make it fun let's make it funny because you know some of them are like they're so boring and and really to get the education apart too is like who wants to watch a really boring here's what when, you, when you can read about it in like five right, seconds right and so i wanted to have a, a comedic take on it but someone <laughs> brought up a great point is like we're making fun of a very dangerous and yeah. terrible thing. It's hard it's to like, tread that oh, line. Man, I know, I know. It's really difficult. It's it's really yeah. It's like when are we insensitive? But like when are we? That's where like I'm, I'm with you. That's where my director brain turns on. I'm like, I don't want to make bad content. I know. Like, but... I, like who's my audience? But and it's it's really weird, especially because it is educational. Yeah. I I feel like there's a I feel like there's a way you could make it down to earth. Yeah, that's, that's like, kind of what we were going to do. Like, well, we were thinking of like having the Bearcat on there do things wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you don't do it that way. This is what you do. You know, so it that's kinda drives, it, yeah, so it kind of drives the point across without being, you know, oh, good, good, you if know, you're like going to be funny, so. I, I, I feel like I feel like there's a really good way to do that. Like you, you if you're going to be funny, like people will enjoy the laughter right, and, right. And, and then and understand. But then you bring it down. It's kind of like those uh, really cringy videos from yours won't be cringy, but the cringy videos from driving school. Where you like, oh, or, yeah. or, or like the dare videos yeah. where they're at a party and it's like, I'm drinking, having fun. It's like, it's <laughs> so funny, extreme. but then all of a sudden it's like, gonna die. now someone's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, holy shit, holy shit, now someone's dead. And it's like, yeah, you like drinking and driving. Here's what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh my God, like I'm never going to drive a car. So like right, right. you can do each of those to the less extreme of like, here's something entertaining, down earth. People sound like they're actual human beings. And then it's like. Oh yeah, now shit gets real. Like this is what could yeah. happen if we don't do this, and like this yeah. is what UC could look like. This is what our student population could look like. I mean, that's yeah, that is a good idea. I mean, when did they give you that project? What? Uh, it just happened uh, about three weeks ago. Really? I think, and it's due in three weeks. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, it'll that's... be fun. But I mean, you know, we 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 recruited a lot of um, uh, digital media students already. You know, a couple yeah. of our have already been writing. Uh, we're we're supposed to have it done Friday. I, I probably know a few yeah. of the people you. Like, did you, um, like, did Michael help you with finding people? Other Michael? Like, no, God. no. Because I'm going to say, like, I, there's some really good script writers who are already being paid by DMC and film, mm -hmm. whatever we call that, just yeah, film, yeah, yeah. film studies, yeah. like, that intern in that office that are, like, spectacular. Totally. I've done a lot of script editing for some of them because, like, they just, they'll send me their stuff and I'll read it and be like, holy crap. You guys are good. That's you guys cool. are actually pretty That's good. Cool. It's a really talented, like, creative space. Cincinnati has this weird, tight-knit, like, creative space. 
It's crazy. I mean, I mean, even with people, have you ever like gotten involved with like Film Cincinnati? I mean, yeah. I've, I love hanging out with those guys. Yeah, women in film too. I think I think women uh, in film as well. Yeah, women in film is huge. And I mean, it's 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 funny because it's like it's not just women. Actually, it's it's about fifty fifty. I want to say. Yeah, but um, it's it's a, it's an it's an idea, it's and, and it's something that's really good because it does empower women and pushes women forward and all that. And I I'd love that. Um, but it's probably the biggest group. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, outside it's, of Film Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and Film Cincinnati is more. It's it, they manage a lot. Like you know, they're just if there's a production happening in Cincinnati, usually they're attached to it in some way, and like their goal is to drive you know the economy in Cincinnati through film. And I get, wish get talent I here. wish that they did a little bit more on keeping the home people here, like the creatives, because they're really good about. Uh, keeping the technical people here because yeah. like as soon as a big production comes in then they'll send out everything and you know get everyone local and all <clears> local techy yeah. kind of but not like the director writer producer you know like that i have noticed that, that well makes, a lot of their a lot sense. of their, a lot of the um external crew and internal crew members usually are people that are from like the university or from people mm-hmm. who are like even volunteering like i used to send um kristen Stuff like that of like, hey, do you want like, do you want? I know a guy yeah. who can work a boom. Like, yeah. Do you just yeah. need something like that? Yeah. And and that's that's funny. But then like, I never really noticed that. I mean, it, it would be cool to keep people here. But then it's like, I don't know. It's just like it, it depends on the opportunity and like what their next project and is. It's, it's hard for them too because you know it's it's smaller money, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so and, and plus, I feel like there's going to be a lot of charlatans that I've run across in the business, both on the on production <laughs> financing and yeah. the creative side. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I got my movie funded. It's like, uh, no, you didn't. You know, you got ten dollars. Yeah. You know um, exactly. And everyone thinks that they can do it. You know, is the thing. Everyone thinks they can do it. You know, well, hey, and, and some people can, but it. then it's like you do have to actually like the that aspect of it is always really interesting. Just the funding aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you've been talking about you're you're in that. I mean, you're yeah, living I hate that. It. I yeah, hate like, do you feel like how do you do you think Hollywood accounting is still as bad as they always say say it is right now? Because I, I was listening to a really interesting conversation the other day. What show was it? I think it was Bill Burr and Rogan. Um, interestingly enough, they were talking about Hollywood accounting and how it's like it's designed against pretty much everybody involved except oh, yeah. the agencies, and oh, it's, yeah. it's really frustrating. Well, or the bigger production houses, like uh, the Neutron film, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, and so I hate to even give it out, but I want to say around 25 to make, and we made right around 100 worldwide and said that we lost money. It's yeah. like, mm, okay, now I'm not great at math, but that doesn't sound right. And yeah. not including, like if, even even with the P&A, because the Princeton advertising, I want to say, was 35. Yeah. You know, so that's still not 100. I know that so like, that's always a shocking amount. I, yeah. I remember when I first started to learn about how much went into just um, external stuff outside of the, um, oh, print, the out, advertising uh, outside like of principal and post. I was like, oh, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's but, a whole other business. But still, it's not, it's not, uh, what did you say? It's not $80 million. <laughs> no, no. It's, I, and that's crazy. I mean, like even to be a dollar in the red to me is like, okay, something, there's something funky. Well, dude, it's it just, it's just such a ripoff. I just feel like usually that's why I, the, the, that's why I love this renaissance of independent mm-hmm. short films and no ownership podcasts and things like that because it's like, dude, like you will make it, but like the main, but the film industry isn't like that yet. It really is. Like you got to have a buyer. Like you are, it's kind of rigged. It's kind of yep. rigged against creative people. It'll I mean, be it'll be interesting to see though because like it's we're still surviving and no one's gone to a theater since March. And you know? well, something that I I saw a quote from Brie Larson the other day talking about it on. Um, hot ones show she was saying how she loves that it's causing studios to actually cooperate come up with solutions and it's crew cast executives like on every single level like people are actually having 
be more safe and then like how do we thrive i mean because at the end of the day half of the people involved in a film project and i mean project like business wise and everything is making money and then half is like creative passion and right. sometimes it's both right and it's just like so they all so a lot of them there are like how do we not lose our wallet on this because like the film industry in theory is in a bad place but like to your point right. it's still operating yeah, and it's there are still productions happening and resuming, and right. I I know that a lot of movies are supposed to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Like yeah. Nolan's movies supposed to be coming out, and Wes Anderson's movies supposed to be coming out. The only out. two industries that have survived are what the healthcare industry and the entertainment industry. Yeah, no matter what? Yeah, so. like no matter what, which is interesting, and like. I don't know, unless we have like a strike or something. I mean, like the last time the entertainment industry was really halted was what like oh seven, by the writers' strike, yeah. and that was a big in the ass because you could see it in a lot of content oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah. a la lost like was, yeah, one, of the, one, of the, <laughs> was one of the victims of that show <laughs> of that strike but but yeah i mean it's just a covid in general i mean it's just one of the weirdest I, I don't really know how to wrap it up into a conversation because it is just like depending on your industry and what you usually do it's so different i mean now that your wife is back i'm sure like do you, do you feel a lot better like having that back in your life right now oh yeah with her here for like sure a dynamic yeah like another human yeah around. yeah that's, that's, that's essentially what difference. i was saying yeah um you know i mean we don't really go out that much you know i mean i don't i don't know we don't go out any less either you know? sure but, um i don't know i i, I it's definitely changed in the idea of how long is this going to last that kind of thing yeah you know, because it doesn't it hasn't personally affected me that much i know that it personally affects so many other people and that's why the a whole idea people, of yeah. i'm not going to go out i'm not going to do this i'm not going to you know try to spread it it becomes you know, a civic I'm, I'm not duty looking thing. forward to school in the fall honestly you know really I, it's it's weird right like i think i mean me i'm in like that demographic where i'm like i don't have asthma mm-hmm. you don't have asthma we're both in our mid 20s yeah. uh, we're in good shape and i'm like even if I did get it, it wouldn't really be detrimental to any degree other than maybe right. a little bit of loss of taste for a few weeks. But it's more right. about like kind of the a honors. civic. Uh, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. The other people. The other people. It's, sure. it's a civic duty thing. It's, right, it, right. I mean, that's the flattening the curve, right? It's like, and we have family and people right. I care about, but it's like, it's kind of why people do jury duty and vote and right. things like that. It's like, I don't want to, I want to have to go get my ass out of bed and do this, but it's like, I got to do it. And it's like, <laughs> it's really interesting how politicized just oh. being a decent human being has become. And like, if we want to get like real into depth with it, I'm like, I, I get people having confusion and frustration, yeah. but like, it's ironic to me, like during a major movement, the black lives matter movement uh, that is all about systematic oppression. And then like, then you have like people coming from a state of privilege saying, I don't want to wear a mask on my face. I know. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kind of like, are you serious? It's, like you know, check you know your damn privilege, I, I guess. Exactly. It, it all, it all comes down to when it really affects that one person. You know, it's like for this other things that it's been affecting these people or this group of people or 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 Joe Schmo for a long time. And yeah, and sorry. some other people, if they're not, you know, if they if they can't even feel empathy quite a bit, then they don't understand it until it affects them. And really wearing a mask in a restaurant or, or down the street, does that really affect you? I wear a beanie. I, I already you wear know? a mask. I just on the top of my head instead of the front. Right. Right. <laughs> I wear a the, beanie everywhere I go I, I, and it's hot and I like it. It's a style thing. I, I just don't know why. <laughs> it's just funny to me though that like, it, and again, like I'm not, I don't want to make it like too political talking point of being like insulting somebody, but then you have, you have like the type of like, let me just like paint a portrait of the type of American who is just like, I will fight for my country, do anything I have to do for my country. Give me a gun. I'll do anything. I'll put my life on the line. I'm proud of this country. But then I'll, I'll give you a mask instead. Nope. That's yep. the line. Well, that's it's my, like, so, right. I, yeah, and it's I like, I know that I was playing into a certain type of caricature there, but right. like, 
but it definitely is odd to me like how i just don't know why we're politicizing just safety and i get that there is conflicting information and there's there's relevancy of like in certain states give like ohio handled it very well early on so people aren't seeing the detrimental effects as much and there's the real concern and none of us have degrees in this and none of us are scientists but like we all are educated enough to say that we probably shouldn't bankrupt 60% of the population over something yeah. that affects 5% of it. Right, right. But, like, that 5% is – we're not totalitarianism. Right. So, like, right. like, I don't know. Like, it's super – I'm not the mind to solve that. But, like, what sucks <laughs> is that, like, there are minds out there that would know how, and we're not listening to them. That's that's <laughs> what I was just going to say is, like, you know, look, I don't know that. I'm going to trust someone that did it. I'm I'm the fart joke guy. Yeah, me too, dude. Dude, I'm 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 the I'm the how many feral cats could we beat up in an octagon guy? Like, I'm not. I am not. Like, there are people who go to school for thirty years. But I'm still gonna listen to the people that that did go to school for thirty years. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing, though. I, I, I just don't know. To to yeah. I don't. I just. Do, I don't know why we have such a problem. Just like, maybe, I mean, I've heard some people say like it's just sometimes it's like a, it's just like a toxic usually see it's like a toxic masculinity thing i don't even, i'm not even assigning gender yeah. to that there's just like a, i'm not gonna wear a mask like i have my rights to do whatever i want i'm just kind of like i don't know like is this how it was for seatbelts? like jesus christ like, i know was it, i don't was think it, so wasn't that hard to no, wear a seatbelt in a car you know when <laughs> like, I, yeah because when i was a kid i remember like in the back seat we had a, a monte carlo 77 monte carlo oh, and geez. it had, it had a God. little like shelf in the back where the back window came in i used to lay down in that part there was a shelf in the car yeah, it was kind of like that. A Monte you know, Carlo. Like, is yeah, that the like, one that like had like the the, back? Hu- the the back was open, like the whole no, thing? No, I think I'm it thinking of an El Camino. A, it was just like a sit-on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I can go off an El Camino. I was I was a member of an El Camino club <laughs> in high school. Were you yeah. actually Tim League? That's actually the really one cool. of the Alamo Draft House was the the president. Are you, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, it was it was completely making a joke of the El Camino, the super car slash truck. Yeah, it's like a car and a truck, but it's neither it's both you know and they're so, yeah, kind of making a, a comeback actually <laughs> oh, they really are not new versions of it but like i just the see them on the, i just see people really like seeing the charm in it now like oh my god we love these cars now well it's like a truck that really can't pull anything <laughs> it's, it's it's a car it's with a, a lot of trunk space exactly so i was just gonna say <laughs> it's missing at the top of it that's right but like that's the way i think of this shit it's just like i if we tried to introduce and I, a lot of it too is like social media didn't exist Back when uh, seatbelts were really being enforced, True. you didn't have people who don't know what the hell they're talking about posting nonsense everywhere. Well, everywhere. Hiding behind I got on Facebook this morning for the first time since the pandemic hit because I, w- I had someone message me the other day saying something about a certain family member. Like, man, dude, I'm sorry. I just had to unadd un- your family member. Like, they just were saying some nonsense. I was like, that sucks. Sorry about that. I, don't know. I mean, all right, fuck off. But like, I, then, I, then I got on, but I did get on Facebook and look into it. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like... It, this person in my family, and I hope they're listening so they can delete this shit, they posted <laughs> a video of someone someone who looks like they operate an ice cream truck talking about how he has the cure for coronavirus and how uh, it's a hoax and stuff. And I'm just uh, like, dude, dude, stop. I like, know. stop. So, like, and, like, these... Like, Where's my, common they're sense? They're not There's idiots. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. I'm, I'm like, we, we should know better. I, I don't really know where... I, again... This this is a conversation that would go in circles because it's just like you have people you have two sides that are frustrated yeah. and we're frustrated yeah. kind of about the same and that's thing. What it is. Yeah. I, I just like I mean I don't know we both want to be safety and we both be safe and we both want the world to go back to normal like since this is a us versus them thing now I just don't know why one side has accountability and the yeah. other, and the other side yeah. doesn't like it's no. not just it's not China's fault guys like we're we're, we're not flattening the curve. I mean that's yeah. just like Facebook in general you know Facebook yeah. is yeah. like 
you know, the the elder generation, they get on it and the they elders. see something. They're like, oh, facts, because it's me. on. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, facts, because I saw it on my timeline. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like they don't even fact check it at all. Or it's like, well, that, you know, I saw this on Facebook and it must be true. Yeah. It's like, well, we, we also like, I don't know. I mean, if certain generations have a benefit or not, but like we were spoon fed being the generation that grew up as like, we were like the guinea pigs for social media and the guinea yeah. pigs for smartphones. It was spoon fed the impact it has of what you post and like, don't oh, take yeah. that, take this with not even just a grain of salt, take this with the whole shaker. Like, right. like this is not what you should like, what it looks like. So we're almost so trained to call out BS now and don't get me wrong. We're not perfect, but yeah. I definitely do see a bit of higher, higher correlation with certain demographics that like didn't grow up with the internet, yeah. not knowing how to properly use it. Um, like I, I always give, this is a lighter note, but I always give my mother crap for how she like crops her photos and like how she edits her photos because they're always, and I'm just like, oh, like, hey, like, you know, like I should, I shouldn't make fun of you for that because you just, you didn't go through, I I went, I did that for like two years and had friends that made fun of me and learned it wasn't okay. You just never got that when you were younger. So, (laughs) you know, like that's, that I would rather her do that than post nonsense about coronavirus, but. Well, she it's, was probably cropping with real scissors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's at, she's ever she's doing that shit. I, I, I forgot the word for sewing. I was like, what is oh, the? No. I didn't know what you were doing actually. <laughs> I was giving a little rub and tug. <laughs> I don't know. I, like that, in my head, it was sewing, but I've never sewed in my life. That reminds me of Dallas. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've literally never even sewed. I don't even know what they do. It's fascinating that people do that. I don't even know, man. But but you've rubbed and tugged though. Yeah, yeah, all the time, <laughs> all the time. If anyone needs any, if anyone needs anything, let me know. My number's on a lot of bathrooms, Mike. <laughs> so real quick, back to your upcoming movie. I just want to know, like, how how long was it a dream of yours to have a horror film? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if like when I had those pictures of Fangoria on the wall, if it was actually a dream that I would do it. Yeah, I just liked watching it. I loved. I, I wanted to be uh, special effects, actually. Okay. You know, so I, I think that's kind of it. And then really how this film came about was um, we were just, uh, I, I actually have another film, it's The Attendant, the one mm-hmm. kind of back there. Um, I really want to do that, but that's like a $20 million film. And wow. so no one's going to give me $20 million right yeah. now. So I want to do some other things first. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of the horror film to me, and actually it was Tim's idea too. He was like, dude, remember, we, we used to watch... Back in the day when we had those VHS tapes, hey, go to I that had place VH- called Blockbuster. Excuse me very much. <laughs> but we we would watch we'd watch a lot of um, some Italian horror, and uh, and especially the slashers from the eighties. You know, Italian horror. Oh yeah. I yeah. always I think I was telling Dario you about Korean horror, like a lot of foreign oh, horror yeah. and Japanese horror. Might yeah. it's not, I'm not gonna say it's better, but I'm gonna say it's scarier. It's it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's holy crazy. shit. And, yeah. You know, Sorry, so, I didn't mean to so, but he, he's the one that kind of pushed me in that direction and said, remember, we used to watch this until three in the morning. We would literally be, I don't even remember, 12, 13, 14 years old. And we'd be like blankets over our head, yeah, not want to watch right. it. And like Have oh, a pillow yeah. ready to cover your face. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, and, and I, I felt like I could write that too. And so that just came pretty easy. That's you know, awesome. So that's kind of where. Yeah, I mean they they uh, they follow certain beats like mm-hmm. like I don't know I mean depending on the kind of vibe like I depending on the vibe you're going into like it's just like all right like what's my setting what's the threat and like I don't know what's the specifics that make about this like sometimes like I love the horror genre because you can make an unoriginal movie original yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and fun and what yeah. I mean by that is it's like it has tropes that are like yep. 
so applicable and re- and they can be recycled. Like how slasher movies of the late seventies oh, and eighties. Yeah, I'm like they're all about the same thing, and I love it. It's, exactly it's always the same dumb thing. teens yeah. with yeah. some local legend or psycho, and like in they're in That's, trouble. Welcome to so, Beaten Path. That's exactly my film. So <laughs> good, and it's the best. I don't know why it's the best, but I'm yeah. like every time I'm like I get into it, I over exaggerate everything. I'm like, who's the hot one? Who's the yeah, dumb yeah, one? Who's, right. like, I, I love it, dude. I, I, there's a certain like if you are in like this horror movie circles and like Fangoria and things like that, like people like that, like. I don't know what the word would be, like cinephile, but for horror movies, it, yeah, just horrors, horrors, but with two R's, uh, <laughs> with an H. Um, but yes. like, um, they, we eat that kind of shit up, man. Like just like being able to just be like, oh, here, this is the first person who's gonna die, and like, yeah. thing, I, I, I love that. And then like you have movies. There's been a bit of a renaissance in the last like six years where you have a lot of different stuff. Like psychological horror made a big comeback with Get Out and Us, and then like the slasher with the new Halloween and it. And then we have like creative psychological horror with movies like The Lighthouse, which yeah. in my opinion yeah. is like the best movie of the last ten years. I hope you've seen it. Have I seen have it, not seen it yet. No. <laughs> I'm surprised Ryan didn't look up because like I make everyone I make everyone watch oh, really? the light the lighthouse. And then you have like Ari Aster making Midsummer yeah, and, and Hereditary. I don't care, watch a square. What, White House? Yeah. You know about the aspect ratio? <laughs> okay. Sure. You know about the ratio of the film, but haven't seen it. <laughs> the thing that no one would know. Didn't go to black and white. You know, honestly, <laughs> I'm going to throw under the bus. I think that I was flipping through and we we're going to watch it. And my wife was like, eh, it looks weird. It's in a square. That's what no. The way I would describe the lighthouse. <laughs> have you seen The Witch? Yeah. So it's same writer, director. Oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Another movie where, like, again, like A24 being a big oh, part man, of that. I'll tell you what. They're going to, they, yeah. they give, they give people freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first movie that was kind of horror for them to do was the witch. And their people were like, Holy crap. It was Robert Eggers first film. It was very psychological and it's written completely in the dialect and dialogue yeah. of like Salem, Massachusetts, yeah. like back in the day. And then Ari Aster came along and made hereditary in midsummer. But my point being, I can go all day. There's a lot of good horror movies now and a lot of variety. And it's like, I gotta tell you, hereditary was such a high bar though. Hereditary is good because Midsummer though was I was expecting a little bit more. Oh God! And I come, like it. I definitely like it. No, 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 no. Like I'm it. not. I'm on the side of the fence. I wasn't crazy about it. Leah <laughs> okay. really yeah. liked it. Oh really? <laughs> really? I really did. I thought that it was beautifully shot. It is. Oh, no doubt. It is beautifully it shot. Kept you on your toes, and it was it was interesting, and it made you kind of I guess maybe question like I guess just the what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of like. Uh, what, what even? Where were they? They, they were, were somewhere in, like, in the middle of nowhere. Or something? Yeah, yeah they, it gave you trust questions. issues and anxiety. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was. Just, I don't know. I, I just it very beautiful to watch. I really okay. It wasn't necessarily scary, but I was lukewarm on the movie. Yeah, no, it's not a, it's not a horror film. It's more it's, of a, yeah. it's more of a psychological right. drama, right. which is. Right. I think Ari Aster is slowly realizing he's more of a drama writer yeah. than he is a horror writer because my favorite parts of Hereditary was when like Tony Collette was going to was acting yeah. and it was the family part of it more yeah. than the horror part yeah. so I'm like you got you, I'm like wow you write really good dynamic yeah. like I thought yeah. the relationship that was handled that, in midsummer that set was amazing up the horror that's what I, I felt like because you know in a really good way yeah though. exactly in a way I haven't seen before where I'm like oh this is like you could remove the horror and it'd still be a movie yeah that was yeah. good yeah. so the fact that they added dressing on top of that salad and it was like and it was scary right. like the movie disturbed me like hereditary yeah. grossed me out and like midsummer grossed me out too I just I was lukewarm on the pacing a bit because I was just kind of like, I don't I really know what I'm in. I don't yeah, know what know. it is, dude. I like anything if it's well done. Yeah. I like Midsummer's extremely well oh, acted, you're gonna, well you're gonna hate written. My film. 
Oh, no, no, I'm going to, no, okay, yeah, right. Dude, I, I love horror movies. Like I said, horror is an exception. It's a very hard thing to critique. It's so hard. I don't know how to, like, talk bad about horror, unless it is just the straight-up thing. Like, I wasn't scared, but I'm like, most, I don't think I've ever been scared in a movie. I feel like it's so hard to create a horror film. So, like, I applaud the people that make horror films because I feel like I'll look on, you know, like, Netflix or, you know, whatever. Like, I'll be searching for, like, a horror film, and I'm like, I don't know. This, like, looks kind of dumb. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I, what it is just... It, what, like, do you have an example of, like, certain things or, like, just something that looks kind of corny or, like... Yeah, I feel like a lot of horror films are just kind of corny, and it's just, it's not gonna... Like, not on-purpose corny? Like, yeah, it just looks corny? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. I just... love on-purpose corny. Right, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like the scary oh. movie films, you know, well, like Scream. hilarious. Scream. Yeah, yeah. Scream was written yeah, by Wes, or not Wes Anderson, Wes Craven. Yeah, great films. You know, <laughs> well, they're the Ke- hilarious. Kevin, I love them. Kevin Williamson wrote it, I believe. Oh, I meant like direct, he directed it. Yeah, yeah. I meant yeah. directed. Yeah. Like it's the guy who made Scream is the guy who made like yeah. <laughs> of um, what's it called? Not Five Nightmare. Nights at Freddy. Night, Nightmare. Nightmares on Elm Street. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's so self aware and funny. And I like, just feel like it's 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 a little difficult to create a really good horror film. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I bet, I bet me Mike agrees. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I don't like even even, even even in ours. I mean, we went through so many rewrites, and and actually, my co-writer, because um, I had the bones in the right spot, but I had too many characters. Um, I have a very big twist, and it, it goes into almost like a, a kind of a Cthulhu-like dimension also. Yeah. Which, Off the record, which, we have to talk about that because I'm obsessed oh, with yeah. Lovecraft. <laughs> I, I read Lovecraft. So oh, I'm man. I tell you what. You know, it's funny is I used to read a lot of it as a kid, and um, now that I'm older, I wish I could remember it all. So I'm like, really? I know I read that. Right. Yeah. So obviously, obviously it's, it's, it's in my subconscious because, you know, what we're, what we developed is this other world where there's these, just these four creatures. And so we're calling it a quadrilogy. It so like, there's four of them yeah. that four completely different films that are actually related. And so like I'm cinematic universe. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because, you know, it's a million dollar budget. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah. but the thing is, is like when, when I'm going through, like right now I'm doing the lookbook for the film and I'm adding these things. Like for instance, I want the necklace to, that one of the, the girls that first gets taken, I want that to be the exact same necklace as in another film coming up. You know, so I, so I'm thinking of that. I'm planting seeds. Ari Aster did that yeah, in Hereditary. Yeah. He did do that in Hereditary. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, there's I, people I love that. It's their yeah. it's their universe. I think yeah. like yeah, take a page out of Kevin Feige's book with that. He's like he's like the producer on Marvel where you'll like you'll go back and watch a movie from like 2008 that's referencing like a 2017 read, release. Read like, any Stephen that? King. Oh yeah, they're all in his. Oh yeah, universe. no Stephen King's books yeah. do that too. Yeah, um, a lot of people do it really really well. It's just one of those things of like. A movie, it's hard because then it goes to the cutting room floor with yeah. editing, and it's like, all right, like no, 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 no my necklace. No, I need gone. that. I need like, that. Like yeah. th- that's yeah. where I bet. Like it's got to be because you have set decorators, you have budget, you have editors, and then you have like the frame, the shot, like everything like that. So like, there's so many elements going on at any given time. <laughs> it's like it's a lot easier to put it on the page and reference it again than it is yeah. to be like, Are people gonna notice this, oh, and yeah. like, how do we make sure it carries weight, and like. I mean, I don't know. That's crazy. But I agree with you saying it's it's hard to stand out as a horror film. But, like, horror is a genre that's full of, like, even the bad ones that are unironically bad. I'm like, this is reason enough to watch it. Yeah. Um, like, one of the ones I'm not crazy on, I'm not, like, trying to crap on anyone's creative work. I'm just, like, I wasn't that into um, Devil, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. The yeah. whole movie takes place in an elevator. Really innovative way to shoot a film. Um, and I, M. Knight wrote that, is that right? Yeah, oh, my God, that's I think right. he wrote it's it. A sh- he wrote it. He didn't direct it. He wrote it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I, I thought it. Was, I thought it was decent because I mean, you think about it. It's in one room. 
No, that's what impresses me. Like I said, but like I just wasn't as into. I just as this is an, it's a subjective problem. Yeah. I I wasn't that into it. Um, I can't really think of many where I'll be like, this is an objective problem. Like I have a problem with this film. <laughs> like I mean, I can think of things for like drama and like action movies and certain things. Where I'm like, objectively, you're not doing this right. right. But like subjectively with horror, I'm like. I don't know what you're trying to do. I mean, yeah. you're doing it enough. Um, but then, like, you have, like, I I don't know. It, that I was bored when I, when I saw that movie. You, so. know, you know, I think also horror is time, you know, meaning that for me, The Exorcist scared the crap out of me. I showed yeah. it to my kids, and they're like, that's not scary. Seriously? I got yeah. By it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, you mean, you, when I was young, I do you mean time as in like society, like the zeitgeist? In, yeah, yes, exactly. At what period of time are you watching that? So for me, I when I watched that. it at that time, there wasn't, I mean, there were people that were, well, I wasn't that young that I saw it in a theater, but there were people that were throwing up in the theaters, yeah. you know, because it was that. I know that someone who saw it in a theater, mm -hmm. and they went to a church after. No, I believe that wow. too. Yeah, and they said it was the it was a bike ride home, and they weren't supposed to go to a church, and they were so scared they went and stopped and <laughs> took communion or whatever the hell Catholics do. I don't know what they do. They went in the church. Um, I'm, I'm the least Catholic person. I don't know what they do. Uh, sorry, well, they, got, they got some communion at the communion store at the. <laughs> so they had these little stores in the Catholic church. They did something holy, um, and uh, it's it scared the crap out of them. Like I agree with that wholeheartedly, and sometimes I love it. Like, but like. There's a level of appreciation, like if you show that to your kids, maybe like now since they've studied film, and they may be like, "Oh my god, this must have scared the crap out of people." Like in it, like, but my, my kids are jaded though. That's the thing, you know. I'm so, jaded too, so. dude. I'm, but, but like, it's not accidentally my fault. When, when you're, it's also how old you are. Like I said earlier in this podcast, nothing has ever in the last like, uh, like seven years scared me movie wise, like nothing. And I'm like, that sucks. Like nothing has scared me. And it's like an experience you get to a certain age with some people. I don't know. Like my dad still. He's the best horror movie audience member, and he doesn't realize it. He doesn't watch horror movies because it terrifies him. He'll have, he'll have nightmares, excuse you, and he'll have uh, freaking, like, he'll just be thinking about it. It makes him anxious. I'm like, dude, I wish I could have that. I'm like, <laughs> if I could go to a theater and watch a horror movie and be scared shitless, that'd be great. Because right. it hasn't happened since, like, 2009. And yeah. when I was a kid, I was scared of everything. Independence Day scared the crap out of me. <laughs> like, no, dude, I was scarred for life when that alien choked that dude in the throat. Like, I, I, I was never, it was a comedy action movie and yeah. i've never it is it, messed is it me because up. we've seen too much or we, we have access to too much or anything like i like i have Nowadays. i have no i have no i i i don't believe that someone's gonna look at my film and say oh my god scariest thing ever i what i hope is that was cool you know that's honestly all i'm looking for you going for a fun vibe it starts out fun yeah like it's so funny though because like for me like even movies that don't go for the fun vibe fun what i mean is just like the experience of the viewer like mm -hmm. get out was a fun time in yeah. the theater. Yeah. Not, scary. Not, a, not a fun movie. Yeah, <laughs> but no, scary. No, extremely scary. Get yeah. Out scared me. Get and Out us didn't, also scared me. Get it, Out it didn't just, scare it, me. It, I don't know. Give me a little heebie-jeebie. A little heebie -jeebie. Well, I was like, well, yeah, well, yeah. I was like this yeah. is kind of creepy. I'm going over a... I'm going also, over a... Like, <laughs> such like a, a great film. Like I was like, very impressed what with both. What a debut feature. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was know, like, wow, these are Especially his background. It's because he used Hitchcockian intention. And you know what? Here, here's what I think too is because comedy and horror is so, are so close. You know, they're so close because you have that tension release. You know, without that, without the setup, there's no punchline. Yeah. You know, and the same thing without that setup of oh my god, don't open that door. Oh, okay, he's not right. there. He's there. Right. Ah! Yeah. You know, without that, it's you know you lose that. And so I think that um, he knows that really, really well. Yeah. And I think people that understand comedy can understand horror too because it is so close. Because he knows, I mean, his timing is impeccable. 
That's it, it comedically. Too. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. like the, he, him, and you know, they write a lot of their skits. But like for me, like when I say the experience was fun watching Get Out, I didn't enjoy watching racism on the screen. I enjoyed yeah, watching. Yeah. I mean, it was great because like I, I was in a crowded theater. I don't. It wasn't opening night, but opening weekend, and like. I, I fell for the tension myself, but the theater was very vocal and very loud. And like the scene where he's like, just give me the keys, Rose, give me the keys. I remember just like, damn, the fuck I can't. <laughs> like I'm like yelling at like the, at the screen. And I'm like, it was a really uh, amazing experience. So like movies can be, that's what I mean. Like when you go for fun and like yeah. Jordan was well aware that like people are going to be doing that and yelling at the screen. So like, that's fun. Like if I'm going, if you're, if there's a meta experience while watching a movie, it gives you that like reaction, whether it's internally or in my case, most often externally, yeah. it's like, that's, that's very rewarding. Um, and it's just like, God, I mean, it must, it must be satisfying to like, to see that in, in your work. I mean, like even speaking of like the stuff you've done with the movies and shows you've done, I'm like, I'm sure it's cool watching that, having a, re- a reaction on people and feel surreal. Yeah. It's still, it's still not something I'm used to. Yeah, we did you out a lot. I, I did this thing on the first. <laughs> no one watches my shows, so I'll tell you. Uh, I did the first thing when, when me and Mike, um, back when we first started getting to know each other, I, we, we filmed like a thing where I was asking them all these neutron questions, and they're pretty profound, like in like specific. And he's just like, "What the hell?" Because he's like, "I'm not used to talking to people that are the, the no, age group and the generation that grew up actually watching this." Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, literally, it, it's the tea. I mean, when I, I still have the note on my phone, like when I opened it, like I'll people, cause I posted, I'm like, Hey, I'm interviewing Mike. Like he, you know, worked on Barnyard. He worked on Boy Genius, Adventures of Boy Genius. Like if anyone's got anything, like, you know, throw it at me. And like some of the, you know, the questions like, what does purple flirt taste like? <laughs> and oh like, God. you know, stuff like that. Like, just like, what does it taste? I'm like, dude, it tastes like grape probably, but I'll ask. It's not a right. real thing. No. Right. And I remember you. <laughs> re- <laughs> dude, it's so, I'm, I, I'm salivating. I want a Fanta. <laughs> um, it, but like it, that kind of thing was just oh, so we cool. We a Neutron bar, actually. That sounds good. Dude, yeah. just a, yeah. just a Neutron like drink. Like an alcoholic bar. Well, you know, yeah. being a local, being a local <laughs> here. Yeah, <laughs> that would be yeah. There's the, you should have pitched the, the you should have pitched to King, Kings Island when they had the Paramount contract for Nickelodeon, <laughs> right, because right. like they they were doing Nickelodeon stuff all over. I mean, there's still places Hold on that will do it. Paramount's calling me. They're yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. Paramount's on the phone. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I um, and desist. What's that mean? Yeah, yeah. C and D got to go. I uh, dude, when um, I would no like there's a lot of place like Video Archive might do that. Like you know like or some there's some cool. Have you been to Video Archive? There's a bar here in Cincinnati. We'll look it up after. So huge shout out to them. I almost don't want to spoil the experience because it would be incredible if I took you there blind, but whatever. Um, I'm going to ruin it for you. You go you go to this bar. It's a on, on the street kind of style. You walk in and it looks like an old video archive store, which like oh, okay. that was like the California version of like a blockbuster. Like yeah. Quentin Tarantino worked in a video archive right, yeah. out in um, – back out in like Santa Monica, right? And uh, you walk in, it's littered with VHS tapes, like actual ones all over the place. And there's a guy at the counter like, hey, how's it it going? I don't know. You here for movies? Are you here for beer? And I'm like, oh, I'm here for beer. (laughs) Um, And they go, so they'll either do one of two things. They'll either give you a riddle or like a questionnaire and like describe like this movie came out and blah, 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 blah. And you have to go find it. Or they'll be like, might we recommend this movie? You walk up to the movie, you pull on it. Underground speakeasy that's themed after Shut like up. Pulp Fiction, um, and it's a bar. Seriously? It's a movie bar. I used to where, do. Where in town? Oh, the fuck. It's on the west side, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I forget the I, I literally forget the name of the town, and I've been there a thousand yeah. times. It's called Video Archive. Or Video Archive. Video Archive. This is this is the problem with GPS. 
is I don't I don't ask Leah. I don't know where know, I'm going yeah. anywhere ever. <laughs> like I just I just type in an address and get there. I do. I become I so stupid, dude. It's the calculator. Of, it's, it's a cal. It's just a calculator problem. I'm like I can't do division. I can't get I can't get across the street. But you know it's it's nice. Uh, um, whatever. My I don't brain. Even know my wife's number. I'm yeah. just like L. Yeah. Press the I don't need to think. <laughs> Why would I do that, brain? But like no, this bar is amazing, right? Like they they're really passionate about movies. All the people in there. A, they make a damn good cocktail and they have a lot of good beer on tap as well. But like they're really, they know their stuff. I used to go over there to do movie trivia all the time. Oh, um, okay. And they do show, tri- like they do like an Always Sunny in Philadelphia trivia night. That's really fun. Um, and like different movie stuff and really cool bar. So rounding it back, yeah, it'd be super cool to do like, hey, like, you know, I'm from here and I work at UC and, you know, like you, you guys watch Jimmy Neutron and they did because they're in their late 20s. Oh, yeah, because that age group, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like and it, like that would be, that'd be really cool. I mean, I can, I can let them know, I guess. And just be like, they wouldn't, they you wouldn't. Know, <laughs> you know, honestly, I'll shout it out to him. That'd be cool if they did a trivia night. I'll, Host it, you know. That, yeah, that'd be awesome. That, that, and like, if anything, that'd too, really we fun. do horror. Movie I probably trivia. wouldn't even know the answers. We do horror movie <laughs> trivia nights too, though, over there too. And maybe like, I'll let I'll send you that. I mean, with COVID, kind I you know, know, not coming yeah. back with COVID, getting never, back in the mainstream public away. mind. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But like, they're they are really cool. And my favorite pizza shop in Cincinnati is right across the street. I always forget the name of it. They're, they're this little place um, from Finley Market that opened up across the street from it. And like, I, Leah, how many often? How often do I forget this name? I, I literally forget yeah, what it's called. Really <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to give them the business shout out, but I never remember. <laughs> I just walk across the street and get their dank pizza. But like, yeah, it must be like really odd though. Like meeting people who like, or even witnessing like reaction. Like when you see a YouTube video. It has like 500,000 views and it's all a, a, a deconstruction of the script of an yeah. episode of your show. Yeah. You know, like you, it, it must be weird to like sit back what, and like, I directed mean? that. Like yeah. I spent months of my life coming up with that and making it just because it's what I do. It's what I love. And then like there's a whole other end because you always told me like it, it wasn't always present on the mind of like the other side of it, like the reson- no, no. how it resonates. It's just like yeah. it's my passion to animate. I like to direct and there's a lot of moving parts in that and we're a well-oiled machine that doesn't you know, stop. You know, and I think that as, as someone who creates and produces stuff like that, you can't think of that because I think that it, as soon as you start thinking, you have to know your audience, obviously, you know, I mean, I'm not going to make a, a slasher horror film for 10 year olds. You could. It'd be you pretty could, fucking oh, cool. Man. Pretty metal of you to do Here's that. Our, <laughs> <laughs> Here's our next generation of psychopaths. <laughs> and I'm cultivating. Violence um, is not called serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the thing is, you know, I, I don't think of that. I think of, because I think that we talked about last time, is that when, when I would ever think of something, at first I was afraid, when I first started directing, I was afraid of, Oh, shit, this isn't right. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what funny is. You know, like that. And and then I finally took the chance and said, you know what? Screw it. I think that's funny. Let's throw it in there. Yeah. And it worked. And so that gave me the confidence to say, you know what? Just believe in yourself, what you do, and hopefully other people, you know, like it. That's not why you do it. I don't. Yeah. You know, I hope that. And I and I think that a lot of the things that I have and ideas and stories and characters that I have, people do like. You know, and so, so I do it for myself. I, I feel like that's a smart way to do so, it for your sanity. Yeah. How, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he literally called me out earlier, threw me under the bus, saying that I have not listened to no, any of the podcasts. I don't care. <laughs> so, I, my friends me, get to deal with I, me yeah. 24 7. Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> me it's like 26 uh, hours. Know, repeating a question. It's, it was seven months was ago. Jimmy it's Neutron, your, for, your first show that you. 
That I directed, directed? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. and how old were you? If, if you don't oh mind me asking, God. I don't know if that would uh, be 17. I usually, I usually go off of Summer. Summer is my daughter, and okay. she's going to be 21, and she wasn't, I think she was a year old. Wow. So 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. So yeah, awesome. so I was, Talking about the I was just under that was what? That was late yeah. 2000, it was December 01, right? Or 02? Uh, the movie, yeah, the movie, she, well, she was born in 99, and so it came out in, I think, 2001, was it? Yeah. December, the film yeah. did. And According then, to the poster over there, yeah. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the series came out. Uh, we we had when Pants Attack came out. I think July after I that. that, and then the that was a special. Started. It yeah. was a special. Wow. Yeah. Okay, was, awesome. that, that was the pilot that aired way earlier, right? Yeah. Nickelodeon always did that. Yeah, they aired that. They aired that in July, and then I think that we didn't come back until either October or end of September. Last time like we that. figured out, it was like fall. Yeah. At some point, because we did like the yeah, because it was it was this. a couple months before the series. Actually I was started. once very researched on Jimmy Neutron when I talked to Mike last time. And this time I did no research. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like whatever, just friends hanging out. I um, but I uh, yeah, the wind pants attack thing was cool. I feel like that's a smart way for your sanity to just be like, I'm in, I'm the creative here. I got this job for a reason. Let's trust my humor. And I want you to comment on this when you're making comedy for children. If you, being the adult, finds it funny. And it's not like a sophisticated, it's not like a Seinfeld joke or like right. a meta joke or it's not satire. Like you don't have to have it's lived 20 years. Yeah, it's like if you find it funny, like the punchline or the just the insanity of what you are delivering, isn't it likelier or more likely rather that a you know a child would also find that funny? Like having, I think so. I mean, yeah. we, we were blessed with great writers. You know, we had a great, really we had a great showrunner too. Um, you know, and, and, and cast. those guys, yeah, oh my your God, cast, forget it. The creative they, they freedoms were, like, your cast took yeah. with them, rah, oh, like yeah. she, like just your voice oh. actors did so they, much. They all brought so much to it, you know. So I, I looked at it that it was just really my job to, to really foster the visual and make sure that that worked. And so we did do a lot of visual jokes also, mm. um, you know. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I never thought of it that way. I thought, for, for one, my I like to feel like I'm a professional 13 year old. So I was, I was the audience, you know? So, yeah, yeah. so like if I felt it was funny, I didn't feel like it was ever going to be over their head. And I think that that isn't, I don't think you were going towards this, but I think if you try to write down to your audience, they feel that. No, so you shouldn't do that. I, I don't think I, that's what you're I, aiming for. You could do no, like what I was going for really is just like when you make something that resonates with, cause you know, there's very few target audiences making a show for kids shows mm -hmm. like, right. It's usually made by people in their twenties oh, yeah, yeah. and forties yeah, and like, yeah. If they're finding it funny, my and it's like and it resonates with their age group. I'm like, it would resonate with kids too. Yeah, like kids yeah. aren't stupid. Like kids yeah. will find in a, a joke that I usually in my experience, the shows that age well, the shows that have good runs, good reception, good ratings are the shows that are not dumbed down. And it's, it's the shows that like the parents are laughing as the kids are yeah. laughing, yeah. um, as well because it's it was it was made with someone's head not up their butt and like you know what just right. give them a bunch of yelling give them a bunch of slapstick people love that well, it's like the, that's fun but like where's the it? characters had depth though too yeah know, they got it. all three of them you know well all four of them really including um, cindy in that yeah yeah because uh, i'd say the three guys in and cindy really because she was really part of the group you now libby not that. so much but a little bit but she was really part of that dynamic you know, was wendy them. the voice actor of cindy uh, no, Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, um, San yeah, she did Sandy. I love yeah, that. Sandy and Cindy. I told you the story when I first met her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so fun. love her. She's so great. Isn't she's she, great. is she married to Lawrence? Uh, I don't know who she's married to. It's, it's weird that, you know, she's a mother. So it's just, she weird. Was I've known her for so long. I'm right. pretty sure she was yeah. married to the guy who plays Mr. Play, play, married to Mr. Lawrence who voices Plankton. Plankton, yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be crazy. 
I could be. What if I'm wrong? That would be really. I doubt I'm wrong though. I'm pretty. Well, nerdy she didn't about change her name, so that'd be weird if they both had the same last name, Lawrence. Mm. I don't know. I actually do not know. Yeah. Sorry, Carolyn, if you're listening. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Carolyn and Mr. Lawrence. You don't know who I am. <laughs> like maybe one day though. If I, I would love to interview some people from. Put me in contact with people from SpongeBob. I'd love to interview. You no, know, we we did hear a lot of that though with um with our show was the the parents, you know, love the show. Especially because of the science. Know? Yeah, I think it's because of that, but also we did have that adult humor. Yeah. You know, we did make the dad, I mean, obviously dad jokes were all yeah, over the place, yeah. but we Are made we going to bring up laugh? the banana joke? <laughs> <laughs> that is so One day, weird. so I sat on a banana and that changed my life. Like, <laughs> so like, yeah, I think it's humor too, but I think that the fact that like you had a show that was interesting and like when I went back like as an adult and like watched the show, I was like, oh, like this is something I didn't know. My dumb young brain didn't notice that there was a science influence here, which is like yeah. the, most ironic thing to say about a show about a kid scientist, a boy genius, but, um, but it's like you, the, the, the degree in which it's scientific is mm-hmm. surprising as an adult, which is pretty cool. Like, th- was that your that, writing team? Like, what, what I, you know, are you guys th- all nerds? I think, it, uh, I think it really came from John Davis, the the creator. You know, he and his partner Keith Alcorn really came up with it. Yeah. And it was John's idea and story, and and I don't know if it was influenced by his love of science. I mean, because it's, it's funny that. Um, he really got after he he did the movie The Ant Bully. He produced, wrote, and direct that. After that, he's been taking pictures of stars. You know, so it just shows really? how wow, much he's really cool. into science. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that he's he's getting back into film. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't been in, in close contact with him, but That's you know, super he, cool. he did have that love of science, and I think he really instilled that. You know, yeah. for the series to That's the writers. Awesome. That's know, really so. awesome. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That is rad. I mean, do you ever? Being at, like, how, does it ever get annoying? I feel like when people, like, something that definitely sticks with people, especially because of our generation and the fact that you teach college, like, like, do you feel like you're labeled as, like, the Jimmy Neutron guy rather than the animation guy? Like, does that ever, I, 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 that, I, don't, I don't imagine that bothering you, it but I imagine it would be one of those things where it's just like, holy shit, the Jimmy Neutron guy. But, like, literally, it's like, I think when it comes to our age, it's, it's a lot cooler of a thing rather than, like, hey, Neutron guy. It's like, yeah. when, when we're <laughs> saying it, it's literally like, oh, my God, like, Neutron guy, like yeah, we, right. like I know all this. Like again, yep. re- the, yeah. how it resonates with your audience is pretty yeah, crazy. My my wife hears this all the time, and if she's hearing me now, she'd probably yell it. Um, but one thing that does annoy me that she'll say he directed Jimmy Neutron. She does that all the time, and like, yeah. but it's not to the people that watched it. Right. You know, really, it might be parents of that or something like that. And so that's the only time where it kind of, it just feels like too egotistical kind of thing. Like with the with your generation, it doesn't at all. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's cool. It yeah, it's like, yeah. wow, that's really yeah, cool. That's, but that older cool. generations, when they never watch it, it's just like, okay, well, are you, like, bragging? Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. That's com- how I feel. Yeah. It's yeah, a conversation. Exactly. It's weird, I, though, I because when it's a creative field, it you you automatically assume someone's braggadacious. But, like, anything else, it's not, right? Like, I hate the thing adults do. And I guess I'm an adult, but I haven't realized it yet. <laughs> where it's like you just talk about work outside of work. I was like, what do you do? What do you do? Okay. Yeah, like, well. And it's like, but, so it's like you're doing the same thing. It's like I yeah. make television. And, like, People put that on, and it is on a certain pedestal. It's unlike any other job, and it's not, you know, it's it's not as secure of a job. You got to have the creativity <laughs> and the funding. You got to have a day job. So there too. is, there's, yeah. de- that's what I mean. There's something about that, but it's and it's also popular and famous and in the zeitgeist culturally. And right. so when someone does say like, "I made a TV show," it's just like, yeah. "All right, buddy, like sit down." But like, that's yeah. not what it is. Right. It's like for you're right. just talking about work. It's like I direct this show, and then to us kids, it is both of those things. It's like, holy shit, you directed a show I like a lot. Yeah. So I I just didn't know if that ever like. Of what that's like being, um, I don't really know the terminology for it, but like someone on, I guess the, the cool guy on campus when it comes to that and that nature, just because that that is, 
a pretty interesting thing. Like the, I mean, the, the funny, the the funny person in me would say, I've always been the cool guy. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I the guy I, with the horror stuff kinda, on his walls. I do kind of like it, you know. I mean, but it's. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, I just was it's curious. It's not like I walk around going, yeah, I'm right. you know, not at all. Yeah. Of course not. It was one of those things where I'm just like, that must, that just must be interesting. Like, cause again, Cincinnati doesn't, it's a creative space, but like in LA, you expect things like that. In certain cities, you expect things like that. Cities where animations are occurring frequently. Like if you're in Tokyo and things like that, it's like, well, everyone here works on animation. Right, but right. like, um, it, it's just, it's really cool. And I think it's kind of different. Um, and it's, it's a, a bit of an outlier, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah, especially outside of those those hubs, for uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, and that I don't know. That just has that like has that like been an, has it ever been an, like interesting or detrimental in Cincinnati? Uh, it's or always I mean, been interesting, for yeah. sure. Um, I don't think it's been detrimental. I mean, yeah. sometimes I just like I just, I just I'd rather not talk about it, you know, like sure. that kind of thing. You know, hey, I'm just having a beer, you know that. Or I'd mm-hmm. rather talk about you because right, yeah. I, I want to learn more. Because like as a writer, I want to learn more about other people. Right. Yeah. Thank God you're not like a single person like they're young like in like their 30s or 25 or something like that like where like ev- you would never be able to tell if like the person was interested in you or interested in your work I'd i feel okay with that really <laughs> i feel like that's For a, a little bit i feel like that's, that's such a whispered yeah. <laughs> i just feel like that is something that I, I know a lot of creatives who go through that problem of like when they Do go they on, like they, they go on first dates and it's just like, hey, can, I, can you, you FaceTime my brother and like tell him happy birthday? And it's just like, right. sure, yeah, that's, that's I guess so. That's <laughs> and it's like, it's a, it's a weird thing. I never got into that with you last time about the nature of the nature of that. I've like, never had anything. The weirdest thing that has happened was uh, Keith and I, since we, we were both the directors on Jimmy Neutron and and we went, we used to every Thursday go to the same fish place in uh, Grapevine, Texas. And um, it was it was so funny because I mean we there for like a Where year was and it? a half. Right outside of um, Irving, okay. Texas, we yeah. we go to this this. It had great fried pickles and it had the salmon that I love. I love fried pickles. And so we'd go every Thursday and and we you know we'd BS about the shows. We this is where we came up with Planet Sheen actually too, um, the good version of Planet Sheen. Um, but we went there and one time it was really strange because there were two. They were just a little bit older than me, women that were um, at lunch. And I don't know if one of the servers said something to them. We're eating, and they start taking pictures of us. That's weird. Because they found out that we were directors on the show. And that was the strangest. And I remember saying to Keith, and Keith's like, well, what is going on? And and they're like, I can't imagine. I don't know how it came up. somehow, Somehow they found out. But it was weird, you know, taking mm. pictures of us, right. you know, slopping down food, you know. And I was get like, get my oh. good side, the one covered in pickle Hopefully juice. That's the only time that ever yeah. happens in my life. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I just, you know, I've never really experienced anything like that, other than like a small, 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 small degree on like campus, being like, hey, you run film club. And it's yeah, like, yeah, I do. But like, I, I like that because it's like that's yeah. a club. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like yeah. when you're in your personal time, like it, you ran a show and like it's on a global scale, that yeah. must right. be pretty crazy. Like yeah. something that I didn't know. I might have known this when we worked last time, but like Leah and I, we had a day during quarantine, like after our episode, our where we we watched a lot of Neutron. Like we just like got wine drunk and watched Neutron like all day. It's the only way to watch it, dude. It was a blast. It was a blast. It's not the only. It was just a great way to watch it. Um, to watch anything really, and um, and I didn't realize that. How did the, you get Bowling for Soup to do the theme song? You know, I, I don't know how that <laughs> happened because um, I think it was originally another band that was doing it. 
Yeah. And I can't remember <laughs> so how that, random. because I, I think that, I think that happened for the feature and then it just carried on for the That's for the awesome. Bowling for yeah, I know. like, I know. great. And they were big at that time, they too. They were really yeah. big. That was right after, early yeah. that was right after, yeah. like, 1985. Yeah. Not the literal year, obviously, but the right. song for, yeah, all, for know, anyone who yeah. doesn't know I music. Right. Well, up. they did yeah. Phineas and Ferb little app, like, about... 10 years after that too so i'm yeah. like maybe they're just they're just like they're agents right. like any shows you just got hey you know what well the thing is i i think they get paid every time the show airs really I mean, and now so, with wow. the, nickelodeon has a deal with who is it amazon where they if you have a certain level of amazon prime you can just watch was that amazon how we how the hell did we watch all those nickelodeon oh, the, it, was was it, the, it was the amazon nick hits it's oh, is like, that what it's it like was? A, it's a subsection of Amazon. So you have to it's pay called Amazon for it. Nick Hits. You have to pay. It's like a s- different subscription. Yeah. Interesting. Because yeah. I think that, I think I watched it not long ago, and I thought it was on Hulu. It probably was. There's there's, there's some o- there's some overlap. I think that it was on Hulu. Yeah, I think there is. Talk about some the movie overlap, or the show? Yeah, the show. Amazon came out with the the Amazon yeah. Nick Hits, oh, and yeah. specifically all of the Nickelodeon, you know, from like the Amanda Show, like all of that. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's exclusive rights, but yeah. it definitely was yeah. rights. I mean, and yeah. like it's a pretty big deal because they didn't. Yeah, to your point. Yeah, they had the live action stuff from the early '90s yeah. too, like all that, and they even had Doug on there. Yeah. I'm like hell yeah. Oh wow. Let's go, dude. We got Doug. No yeah. one know no one I talk to nowadays knows what Doug is unless you're like my age in this. Right. But like <laughs> it's just that's it, just so crazy. Was that know. Billy West? Was that Billy West? Yeah. Yeah. He was on oh he was well he was what wasn't Billy West on, I guess. I know. He was on everything. <laughs> but um but I don't know. Do you do you still ever hear something I didn't ask you last time either? It was like do you ever hear from anybody from the cast and crew ever? I know like the voice actor of um Carl and you guys are you guys are buds, but like yeah, I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, he had he was doing some tour where he was uh, with an orchestra, and he was singing a lot of the uh, Warner <laughs> Brothers songs. Oh, that's cool yeah, from Animaniacs, and um, and we saw him in Pittsburgh, so we just hung out with him for a morning. And he's talked about wanting to come here, but his I know schedule what's his name again? Uh, Rob Paulson. Yeah, Paulson's po- he has a yeah. podcast. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And it's he did an episode once completely in the voice of Carl <laughs> and like said all this really oh weird shit about Jimmy Neutron. Did you see it? <laughs> no. Saying like Sheen went to juvenile prison <laughs> and stuff like that. Like he was just saying nonsense in the voice of Carl. And was like, he talking about Sheen or Jeff? Is the actor that he's talking about Sheen? <laughs> he's talking about Jeff. Although, you know, Jeff is Sheen. Can I ask real quick, like how old were like the, the cast when they started? Oh, uh, Rob's the oldest started? dirt. Uh, I mean, I hope the cast, you, I hope the, characters. the characters, as in, oh, yeah, characters? as in, yeah, like Carl Sheen, oh, you know, like, Jimmy, like, what grade like, they how, were in? like how old they, were they? Yeah, about? they were, we, we always, young yeah, we always thought between 10 and 13. Okay, we never yes, really. Yeah, we never got into like driving or anything like yeah. that. To, that dis that said, this is how old they right. are. It wasn't teen. Like young. Yeah. yeah I right. Always, right. I always assume it's funny when you're a kid, you always assume the characters are the same age as you if they're just a generic kid. Right. So yeah. I was like, right. they're in kindergarten. No, yeah. they're in first grade. They're in second grade. Yeah. 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 Like you just don't really think about it. You kind of assume that they're changing. Well, Bart Simpson's stuff. what going to be fifty. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. He still right. looks like he's thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Dude, he exfoliates. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. He's got that yellow skin. It's, it's smooth. Um, I yeah. That's actually yeah. I asked him so many questions like that. Like I said last time, not I didn't ask that one, but I asked was like I was getting specific. I was like, was Cindy adopted? Oh. Like, well, I don't know. And he was just like, dude, what? I was just like, you gotta. Never got that far. <laughs> I like had a rabbit hole of questions and theories that I was just like, I'm not. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know why I didn't just ask you in my free time rather than just like let me bombard you with these questions. <laughs> I gave him no prep for that. Um, 
I'm like, dude, I just directed it. Right. <laughs> and some of the stuff I was right about, though. I mean, I knew their astro- astronomical signs. Like, that's how much research I did on these characters. And then it was like, <laughs> but then it was like, okay, like, you know, ret- um, you didn't know Retroville was in based Texas on like though. Dallas, yeah. yeah, and like stuff like that. And that was there's some of some of it was correct, and some of it was probably nonsense. A lot of people on the internet just like it's crazy how much <laughs> React culture and theory culture and like. Oh, yeah. It started back with like Wikipedia, like Pedia pages being a thing, and then Reddit like made it take off even more, yeah. and then onto the YouTube space where like it's a lot of it's just wrong. Oh, it's yeah. like sometimes yeah. it's just people thought it was something funny. Yeah, like I remember one of them. I had this theory that Ms. Fowl was a Jimmy Neutron experiment gone wrong that she didn't know about. <laughs> That's why she just like is a bird. Like she just. I'm sure. I'm sure if you research that and put it on youtube you'd make people believe no people that. would believe it and then when, I, mean, I i kind of softly presented that to you and you're like no nah, the voice act we literally just thought it was funny i'm just like that really that's all yeah. it was like she's gonna talk like a bird <laughs> like it's so random and awesome um but like that it's just funny how a lot of the times in like a writer's room it's just like the energy of a writer's room were you in the writer's room for any of that? It, that? it was interesting because with Neutron, it was a little bit different. It wasn't really exactly a, a writer's room. Mm. You know, on Planet Sheen, it definitely was. Um, but it, it was, I, I think that because we, for the most part, there was three writers throughout. We also would like have freelancers that would write certain episodes and stuff like that. And it's mostly just because like if we got behind, if the writers got behind, um, they would have to. They would um, just be contracted for bit. bits yeah. or like for whole plots. For a whole episode. Really? Oh, yeah. Just the whole yeah. screenplay? There was a team. Um, there was two guys that were a team. I can't remember their names. But they wrote a couple of episodes. I don't think they wrote any of mine. Um, but uh, but really, the, the three guys that were really in charge, um, Gene Grillo, uh, um, Stephen Banks, and Jed Spingarn. Jed Spingarn was a supervising producer also. Mm-hmm. They had a good rapport with each other. They've known each other for a while. And I think that the only time that it was really writer's room was when they were thinking of the ideas. They would go and write their own versions and then throw it to each other. That is interesting. Ideas. Yeah. I, having give and take, and ba- me and Ryan do that as like an, a creative exercise all the time. We'll, we'll just kind of, we don't always plan it. Ryan's off camera. People are like, what the fuck? Yeah, he just looked at me like, what? Um, where we'll, sometimes it is very cliche, like, it's me with a marker, Ryan on the table, and we're spitting back, and it's just like, what are we, what are we doing? And like, we're webbing into ideas, and we come up with like, hilarious stuff i mean one time we wrote about 65 jokes for what would happen if socrates walked into a bar right and like we just had like all these different bits for it and like how would he talk to people how would he ruin people's times how would he flirt on a date like what what, where would he be coming from and like we and we just like why did we do that we just for for stuff like that, I think it's great, but I think that um, like what they did on Planet Sheen, I I thought was really killing the stories where they would go through line by line, and you know, and all four of the writers or three of the writers would be together and they would all almost critique it and throw it out while someone was madly typing. That seems a bit escape room style. It seemed <laughs> honestly, and I really like those guys too. Um, but it, I I felt like it was counter counterproductive because what I thought is that for getting ideas is great, and then go separate, go in your own rooms because like. When Keith and I wrote the the pilot for Red Acres, which became bastardized version of Planet Sheen, um, I had the idea. We both came up with exactly what we were going to do with it. Then I would write it and then give it to him, mm-hmm. and then he would make it a billion times better. You know, put and it through a structure plot wise, kind of like because the- because I think that like um, 
one of my strengths is character and structure, and his is comedy. He would come up with the craziest shit. You know, I would I would almost at some point say, I need a joke here, and then he would just come up with something that was That's just That's what you magic. told me. Yeah, he would just, just magic. Yeah. Just a, a insert ticket, here's a joke. We, we, had, we had a character, I can't remember if I said this last time, but um, he had a really bad lisp, and so he was um, an attorney. And so we, we would write lines for him, and then we would have a thesaurus open or a, online or whatever and try to find every synonym. Synonym is one of them that had wow, as many really? S's as possible. <laughs> yeah. No. So his name was Zazog Zizog the second Esquire. That That's so, <laughs> so imagine that. Zazog Zizog Esquire the second. You know, I mean, so. I love and hate that. So yeah, much. it was awesome. I mean, so, so that I. I really liked how that worked out because, I mean, some people have read that and say, wow, that's one of the, gra- the funniest scripts I've ever read. Yeah. Because it moved with the characters. The characters were original and and they were fun and they were deep and stupid at the same time. You said you, you, know? you specialize in structure. Like something I really love when people have a certain, like did you have a certain structure every time? Like a model, like like Dan Hart, like everyone knows about Dan Harmon's yeah. circle structure because it's perfect. So like when you watch an episode of Community or Rick and Morty, you see where it's like Here familiar it place, unfamiliar place, testing, revolution, acceptance, yeah. character has changed, but not too much. And it's like yeah. every time, like we have a really good episode because of that. And it's you know, like my, my thing is it, it starts formulaic and my, my whole thing with structure is that formulas exist for a reason because if you go off it, it's something seems weird. And every once in a while, someone can do it and break the rules. And it's, Tarantino it's cool. is one of those people. Yeah. yeah, he can. Not all the time, you know, for as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's like I, I, I don't think all of his resonate so much but yeah Mm. he's definitely that um but i like to think of you know these these rules exist for a reason and if they're not there most of the time people are going to say oh come on i'm 40 minutes into this when's the end of the first act when does this movie start oh i get what you're saying like act structure yeah like an example that would be hateful eight not starting until like halfway through the movie right and it's and it's like character you're going to learn everything about the characters and then we're going to set you up and it's like right Certain movies, if you don't know what you're getting in, it's almost like if you're going to make a movie with really interesting structure, you should almost let people know before they watch it and be like, hey, like, stick with it. Yeah, like, yeah, It's kind right. of like a book. I have to tell people for really good shows nowadays, like whether it's yeah. Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or Hannibal, something that Sold starts. <laughs> I'm like, just like, I don't know why we're trained to not like things that are slow paced. I'm like, if you read a good novel, like Great Gatsby, for example, yeah. one of the oldest examples, it doesn't really get good until like. You know, you're like 50 pages in, which sounds insane, but it's like it's it, get good doesn't get juicy. Um, yeah. But like, and rewinding back a bit, I'm confused with what you mean when you keep saying like bastard. I I was off Nickelodeon by the time Planet Sheen aired. Like you keep seeing bastardized version of Planet Sheen. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, okay, like, bad reception. I, like, what are the, the whole the whole idea was um, imagine the dumbest person. But how how it came about was, I remember seeing this line somewhere is that. Um, we're always searching for intelligent life. And I always thought, well, that'd be funny if we finally found life and it's not intelligent at all. <laughs> you know, and so we thought, well, um, and, and literally I had that idea. See, even just saying that, doesn't that bring up so many right, different things? Yeah. No, well, yeah. yeah I had that idea it. and literally it was right, it was probably about a half an hour before Keith and I were going to go to lunch. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell him. And he sat down and I said, okay, and I pitched him just like that and he starts Eating giggling. Fried pickles. He goes, yeah, eating fried pickles and sweet tea and salmon. Texas is hell. And he, <laughs> and he said, well, what if they're hillbillies? And I just went, there we go. Very Texas. We got it. You know, and, and that became Red Acres because, you know, the show Green Acres, but it's mm-hmm. on Mars, so it's Red Acres. And um, we just had a blast. We just we came up with the families. We came up with the main character. It was not Shane. Completely different. He was a 20-year-old um, who he, his job was he really wanted to be in NASA. And so uh, – 
he obviously was not smart enough to get into NASA, so he worked at the Astro Burger, which was the the, nice. the food joint right next to it. That's awesome. so, and it's because, called Astro Burger. Because this is great, I by know, the way. Because he got to wear uh, a suit, a NASA suit. <laughs> awesome. So what happens? It starts off with him in space uniform, right. and it zooms out. He's at a grill. Pretty much. Like, yeah, almost yeah. exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Really. So he goes for a tour at NASA in his suit. But he's been drinking, I forget what we had him drinking, like Coke or tea or something or water even, uh, something. And so he's in the tour and he's just got to go to the bathroom really bad. And so he's like, I, I got to go to the bathroom really bad. Now the whole time we're, we're cutting to, and we had this thing where they've been sending these landers to Mars, you yeah. know, and, and so, um, and they keep crashing and they don't know why. And, and we've got to send a human up. And they're like, well, it's a, it's a suicide mission. You know, it's not like someone's going to come in here and say, I really got to go to Mars. You know, and so we set it up by having, um, he's got to go to the bathroom. And of course, then the, the tour guide's like, women go to Venus, men go to Mars, just like the book. And so he comes crashing in that room. I really got to go to Mars. Yeah. And oh my God. so they pick him and they send him. I love that. Yeah. So, but he finds out that, you know, he's the dumbest guy basically on earth. But when he lands there, he's the smartest guy there, which, oh, geez. <laughs> okay. So I can see how that would then translate to like how they would, Sheen being kind of the, the, Dumb character, right. comic relief But they character. didn't play on that, though, you know. And I, th I think that's where it was kind of lost, is you kept forgetting. I that, never saw the show. That Sheen was supposed to be so unbelievably stupid with everything, mm -hmm. and there, everyone else is dumb, and they think that he's smart. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that was kind of lost. You know, with that. and the characters just weren't as rich, and and you know, because we we had him go right in between, like basically a Hatfield and McCoy's kind of thing, of these two feuding uh, farmers. You know, and hmm. so we just we thought of everything that could be funny, you know, like uh, and when when it's harvest time, you know, for the vegetables, it's like the, the corn jumps off the stalk and runs away. You got to chase them down, you know, right. and stuff like that. So we just had a lot like like the the uh, the lawyer with all the S's in his name. Yeah, and yeah like that, that's, that must have been a really fun lunch because I'm, I'm pretty enthralled yeah. by that idea. It's a good pitch. Mm -hmm. You know what I we mean? Had, well, so we, like, did it not make it past pitch? Like, I don't understand. Well, no, what happened was we we had a pilot script. Okay. Um, so it was a full, uh, yeah, it was 44, so it was an hour. So you an had one long. or like studios had write one? Uh, no, Keith and I wrote it. Okay. Um, and we also had artwork done. Uh, um, Paul Clairhout, who did the design of Goddard, mm. um, he, he was one of the storyboard artists. He did all the designs and everything like that. And uh, he did the design. So it had it had a kind of a neutron feel to it. Um, but uh, it was it was really cool because we had a lot of 3D art done with it. Rob Paulson actually did, oh man. He did uh, Mr. Haney from Green Acres. If you've ever heard the, I can't, I can't do the voice at all, but if you look it up, he did it spot on. This yeah. this hillbilly accent. He gave us like four voices. He was just fantastic. I've seen like one episode of Green Acres probably. It was like, yeah, yeah, Mr. Haney. Tom, yeah. I can't even do it. You know, that's yeah. horrible, but that's what he did. And um, so we actually, we had a lot of that done. We were, we, I think, I can't remember if we storyboarded any. I don't think we did, um, but we pitched it. And pitched it to Nick. Uh, they loved it, but the main character was twenty, and that was that's the only thing that stopped them. And mm. they're like, "We need it. We need a kid character because that way the kids can relate to it," which is bullshit because I'm, that's not true. You know, I'm trying to think of instances on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network since then where they've really thrown that out the window. Because um, most of the time, you do have younger protagonists. Mm. It seems like they've locked I mean, you in there. Think about I don't, I don't even know if this is on topic at all, but think about JoJo Siwa. Jojo Siwa oh, is, I believe, like 17 years old, yeah, and she's and at, still right. decked out in bows and yeah. just really, you know, my, my younger sister, Gemma, 
literally just turned eight yesterday. Obsessed Loves with, it. Yeah, yeah, obsessed with JoJo. And it's like, and that is like her, her demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the very young. And it's like, it's crazy to think that she is like, about to be like a legal age of 18 and yeah. she's still wearing bows and just that dancing. That is so and, interesting that you, you know, that it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I think that's such a good point. And she, and she has a, she has her driver's license and she has a Tesla that is decked out in her face of Jojo Siwa. But that's a really good point though for like executives to look at and like, YouTube and look at like how many people are actually getting on YouTube and watching actual real people. First right. of all, oh, not yeah. even like um, caricature looking people. They're not animated. Right. That are living real life and they're old. Yet yeah. That's so yeah. true. Even, even think about Hannah Montana, Jason Earls. He yeah. Was, like 30. Yeah, I know. I know. And they were still he, supposed, he to supposed to be in like high school. What, high school. And that's still older for probably most people are six, five, five, six, seven watching that show. So that yeah. is odd. I mean, yeah. The, Nickelodeon, I don't know really what they're doing now. I know Cartoon Network started taking a lot of risks with that where their characters were were outrageous. I mean, like, they have, like, when you look at Adventure Time or, like, yeah, um, the regular right. show and, like, World of Gumball, and yeah. it's like, they were they went in, like, Flapjack. Yeah. They went in crazy directions right. with their protagonists right. in their direction, yeah. and, and it worked. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we, we were just ahead of our time. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, and I wonder how many people did... Tr- I wonder how many screenplays were written that way and they just have to get kind of neutered because it's right. like we need it needs to fall on these buckets and until yeah, it does yeah. don't put it on our floor um yeah, i mean we we pitched it everywhere um disney obviously it just didn't fit it felt weird pitching it there anyway but like cartoon network at the time they were really into it i mean they were giving ideas back and i was like oh this feels good yeah and mm. then they said we already have a space show and i'm like there's a lot of space out there right. what know? was the space and it show? never came out Never, whatever the Cartoon it was, Network. Network. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. So, it couldn't be like, so. and it was The Simpsons. No, it was not. Right. Like but, that. like, Cartoon, yeah. but the thing is, they say it's a space show, but it's like your show, all, but it, it would it would take place on this planet the whole right, time, right? Exactly. So it's more right. it's more of like a it's a Martian. It's show. not <laughs> a space show because it's, it's not space travel right. except yeah. for the fact that that's how we got there. It's just, and that it's was more it. of like a science, just kind of like it's crazy, it's just, yeah. you know, it, being in school type of show. It's crazy falling into those like Nielsen conventions yeah, of like yeah. how do we how do we it's like okay we have our space show now we need our show about the nerd who's going to get the girl and we need to like the, and the, by the, the way that brings up a great point too like I, you kind of were talking about it earlier is that you know, like the reason that you write stuff, you don't write it for those buckets because you're going to be bored out of your ass. You know, if you're going to do something you don't like, you can I tell when a show rather, does that. Yeah, you I would tell. much rather like what happened where you know I would I and I know Keith too would rather have had it been Red Acres than Planet Sheen. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that everyone everyone had great intentions, it just didn't go the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and it didn't even make the season, so it shows a lot there too. Um, but I think that everyone wants to work on something that makes you happy, not. To fit to fill a bucket, right. it's hard to be creative because like, that's creative work. At the end of the day, even if it's like for the people, even when it's computer animation and that's a very technical job, it's creative passion that yeah. feels that technicality. And it's like if you're doing it because of someone just putting a a, a, a file of work in front of you and saying do it, it's kind of yeah. it, it's kind Slaw of dreadful, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all done stuff like that. All mm-hmm. of us have done stuff like that. And sometimes it's, when it's good practice, that's great. But when you're working on a show. And you want to put love into it. You can tell when someone's just like, "Let me just get it. Let me just oh get it God. to the next stage. Let me get it to approval, and then we send it out, like for color or whatever they're going to yeah. be doing." Like, and and I, I never felt like that in Neutron. Yeah, you guys day. had a really good team, though, yeah. right? Yeah, like, you guys did. had like um, you had what like patio umbrellas inside, and just a really cool you know, vibe. And, and like that video that's on YouTube where it said that Neutron might come back. I'm like, it's impossible. Yeah, you're never going to get that whole team back. 
you know, I, some of them are the, Pixar the and writing <laughs> the great team, you know, because, and also our team was hungry, you know, I mean, now a lot of them are at Pixar. Yeah. And Disney and, and everywhere else. I, I wouldn't see them coming back to work yeah. on that. You know, it was a family. It was so great. John and Keith were so great. And that entire place was so great. But I, I just don't see, I don't see it happening. Plus, too, you talk about people stuff. who grew up. I mean, it's been 15 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah families. No, exactly. yeah. I mean, it's like the fuller house. Things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. So leave it where <laughs> right. it was. Yeah, exactly. Leave it where I loved full house growing up. A fuller house? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> One of the most I actually, I recently saw uh, Zoe 101 actually coming back for a reunion oh really <laughs> well see a reunion's yeah. a little different exactly. yeah. but, but oh, i saw it was like this is not the last of us so i was like are you guys actually making like a like a fuller house type like this is gonna be a show oh, or is it just like a one reunion yeah. episode you know yeah. whatever no it seems like it's gonna be like a, a thing and i'm like live action <laughs> also has a lot to do with like i mean you need <laughs> Crew, when it comes to the crew of an animated show and the crew of yeah. a live action show, so it's like when it comes to the let's say let's talk live action crew and cast. We need the, we need the actors and their chemistry. A director knows that chemistry and how to work it, and then like the writing that fits the vibe of what the audience, right. the new audience, we're going for, right. and the old returning audience. Yeah. Whereas like with the Fuller House situation, it was almost like that who, that wasn't what is there. Your demographic and then and then, right, like, right. And then if it was Neutron, you'd have people who would be contracted probably through a special project like that at Nickelodeon who might not even, they might have been too young even to watch Neutron. Like, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it could be interesting. because It'll some, be done overseas though. See, that's yeah. the thing. Th- that's we, the thing We, we did it all in house. We did every single thing in house. Right. Most of Nick's stuff now is done out of an, it's an independent, they, they do stuff in Japan. Oh, Most really? of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like from three different studios, depending. But your guys' animation is unique in Neutron. So, like, with it being CGI, I don't know if they have a CGI run on that network right now. I just don't watch Nickelodeon anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Who the hell knows? But I don't know. Dude, I feel like this was a cool conversation. I, this like <laughs> yeah, flew by. Yeah, this is yeah. cool. This was I like, have I have one question that I'm just ask curious. as many questions oh, no. as you want. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit so, out one. Yeah. so yeah, I just had one question. What's your social so security okay, number? so. Um, <laughs> What is the first horror film that you remember that you watched that scared you shitless? Oh, that wow. you were like, wow, that really scared me. Can we say I, I, Yeah, I'm going to say mine first yeah. to get your guys' minds running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Mine yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. actually, it was uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Oh, wow. I watched Johnny that Depp? when I, yeah, yeah I watched yeah. it when I was about eight years old. And what? I had What were your parents doing? <laughs> nightmares. I was staying at a friend's house and my parents did not okay. know. Yeah, they did not approve that. But we watched it, and I was terrified. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When his arms get really long when he goes down that hallway, well, man, that's still, I mean, that's still, that's still, that's still, that's still, that's just being in your dreams. Dark it's like, over. oh, fuck, I'm <laughs> sleep, and I'm supposed to go to sleep and, like, expect that this fucking monster is not going to just come to me? That's like, true. no. That, that is Especially as an eight-year-old, yeah. 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 Dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I was scared of everything as a kid. So, like I said, like, the first movie that scared the shit out of me was Independence Day, but it's not a horror movie. <laughs> No, like that movie. I thought you were gonna say Bambi. So right, good. So right. at least Independence Day no, better. Dude, I was such a pussy as a kid. I went to see Veggie Tales on Ice and got scared. Oh my god! No. I ran out of. The, they brought the big pickle out, dude. I ran out. I literally. No. My well, mom, that probably scared shit out of a lot of kids. Pre- what the fuck is a pickle? Dude? My pregnant mom had to chase me out into the outside, dude. Like, I put them through such hell as a kid. But like, when it comes to like real horror, um, when I was very young, I had a TV in my room. Uh, and we got movies, we had movie channels that were like, you know, like TNT and AMC and stuff like that, where like 
they edited the movies out for like actual nudity and cursing, but yeah. the horror doesn't get edited out. The gore doesn't right. get edited out. Yeah. The suspense. And I was, like I said, eight or something. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's scary. And, I watched uh, that when I was young as then, well. That, it just it freaked, yeah, it freaked me the hell out. Yeah, but like the stuff great. that scared me more was more the science fiction things of like, because I'm like monsters. I'm not running into monsters, yeah, but I'm like yeah. aliens. For some reason, that resonated <laughs> with me. So like alien shit and like Harry Potter Giant scared the, the shit ocean. out of me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jaws scared me too. Yeah, I don't like swimming in lakes because I can't see the bottom. Exactly. What was your what was yeah. your what was your movie? Was it Jaws? You know, no, no, it was actually a television show, um, and I cannot remember the name of it. Should I look and, it up? Hey, yeah, Jamie, look it up. Ryan, look it up. I see Frank. <laughs> um, it's a it's, Joe Rogan reference. Yeah. it is a. Um, it, I want to say it was a TV movie, and it was about a mannequin. And I know the name of it, and it's driving me nuts. But this guy had this this little like um, mannequin. Or not a mannequin, but a ventriloquist dummy, yeah. yeah. And I think it was called Magic, maybe. Those are the scariest Magic. looking things ever. And the thing is, he would put it in his in his uh, box or whatever, and the fucking thing was alive. Uh. And it scared the shit out of me. Because here's this little dummy. It wasn't like Goosebumps or anything? No. That'd be so funny. <laughs> no, this yeah, is like, this I is know. Like, this yeah. is like 78 or right. something. Well, Twilight yeah. Zone did an episode in the 70s, like, you probably heard oh. of it, the famous doll episode. Oh my god! Remember that episode? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the first time that was ever used. They invented yeah. the trope of the doll getting thrown away yeah. and then ending and up back in the back. house. That um, that was awesome. Like Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone scared the shit out of me as a kid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. oh, I know the first thing that scared me as a kid. I just thought of it. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> That was down. creepy. Don't even laugh. Very creepy. Don't even laugh. That oh show is scary was as shit. Creepy. That show is scary as shit. I it remember... didn't scare me, but like it creeped me out. No, dude, that show scared the fuck out of me, dude. That that show that show didn't just scare me. That show made me think about things. Like that show. I remember one episode. They like find this cursed relic, and like this guy who doesn't have all of his limbs comes to visit and stay with them, and he's like wanting to borrow their limbs. He's like, can I have your arm? And he's like <laughs> detaching them. Like it's that's just dude, temporary. That <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog is to this day one of the most brilliant shows I've ever seen on network kids television for how what they got away with. I don't know how they made a show that horrifying. <laughs> have you seen it, Mike? No, I have not. That's why. Really? Laughing. Wow. Dude, yeah, uh, dude. You should watch it. No, like if I actually I'm showed you, if, if I actually showed you, if I actually showed you, you would be kind of like, okay, like how did they get that approved? Because there's show. some of the yeah. stuff where like the season finale of the first season, they didn't know they were going to get picked up for two and three. Wait, wait, what? Network? Cartoon Network. It's a it's a dog it's who a lives out in the dog. middle of nowhere with these two this yeah, older couple old, and they don't we, and like weird shit happens to them all and the time. Like the dad like he hates courage and like the mom loves courage like that's her dog. Oh, it's just a like, weird he, dynamic. He's a scaredy dog. He's a scaredy dog. He's, it's like a Scooby Doo situation, but the scary <laughs> stuff is really scary because <laughs> yeah. like one like um the season finale of season one they, again they thought the show was they wanted to end the show this way the 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 two older humans die. Right, they they die like they literally die in the show. And Courage can't accept the fact that they're dead, so he ties strings to them and starts puppeteering their dead bodies <laughs> to live out the fantasy of them being alive. And this is a this is rated Y seven, dude. If Y seven yeah, still a I'm thing, it was rated Y seven, dude. Fuck <laughs> that show. And if it wasn't Courage, uh, great show by the way. The show is awesome. Yeah, that show is the show is an acid trip, and I love it for that. The, the, um, otherwise, it was Majora. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is the first time I felt fear as a kid. I was probably like seven really? or six or seven. That game's scary as hell. Um, have you played Legend of Zelda yeah. Majora's Mask? Have you played that, Ryan? I am not Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask was a sequel to like the one of the mo- the most famous game at the time was Ocarina of Time in the '90s. It was like just the first like 3D adventure game action game. It's Zelda. I mean, that's big enough. And then they get a sequel follow up, which was a huge deal for Zelda. 
and Nintendo in general. They don't do sequels. And it was a horror game. And like the moon had like a really, the, the whole point of the game was you had three days to save the town before the moon came and ended the world. And he had like this horrifying face. No matter where you were at in the game, you just saw the moon getting closer and closer. And if you didn't beat it in actual three days, the game would end and you have to start over again. Like it was actual yeah, three days or like as three in like, game like days. You turn off the game and then you resume. No, it there. was like probably like three hours in like game time. And like you'd have to learn how to like time travel back and like say it was a really wow. horrifying game. So that was my horror. As a kid, it was things that were just more disturbing imagery. Like courage is yeah. not actually scary, just disturbing imagery right, for children. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, great question. Do you have any more questions like that? Because I love that. I don't know. I was just thinking about that the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know. I was just curious. So, but I mean, because like I'm, I pretty much got everything for me. Like I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah. Like I'm down to go. Like I'm gonna go like grab a beer or something. You know, it's a hot sure. day. There's yeah, a couple places right around here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's a yeah. It's I, a few yeah, hundred. Few hundred. I, I oh, live yeah? in OTR as well. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, I live on. Well, on it's off um, Liberty. It's, it's right oh, okay. between Sycamore and Maine. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay. just a little side okay. street. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I was, cool. I was pretty close to the area. So that's but, yeah. But, yeah, thanks, guys, if you're listening. I mean, thanks, Mike, for letting us hang out. You literally let us in his house. Right. Um, and that's pretty nice. You had to make sure that we weren't symptomatic and, like, and or psychos or thieves or whatever you want to call us. But, like, thank, two weeks. Right. Yeah, thank you so much for having us over and, like, yeah, letting us be in your you. space and chill. And, like, I had fun. I mean, Leah, did you have fun I being on it? This is your yeah. first time ever being this on, is my like, first time ever being, like, on film. Actually. Really? Because oh. I, think, I think we've done stuff, like, low key before, well, like, never, me like, and you. Actual, like, interview, and so I was very nervous. Really? Yeah, you don't seem nervous. You're just well, chilling. Know, you're natural. I was just kind of nervous. I was like, oh, man, like, this is going to be, like, professional. Oh, my and God. So was, like, if you know me and Mike, <laughs> we're just, like, you, you, we're very. the wrong people. Yeah, because, like, yeah. I, have, I have a foul mouth, and I'm like, I, I, I do, be. too. I'm so. Yeah. Ryan had to once. He's going to have to edit this part out, too, because he, uh, <laughs> he had to once. Ryan had to once cut a whole episode, because I was just like, all right, if you had to. I'm, I'm going to be so PC, be intimate with Disney princesses. What's the, what's the order in which you would do so? And he had to, yeah, he had no. to cut that out. You're so. going to have to edit out okay. my, uh, my Meg, address. You Meg's, know, I, I Meg's told them mine. what street I live on. Yeah, I so. Me, Meg's mine from Hercules. Really? Oh, my God, yeah. Me, jazz. I think I'm a Jasmine guy. And Jasmine would be number two. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's your number one? Meg, Meg from, Hercules. from Hercules. I've never heard that answer. Dude, oh I forgot about her. I don't know why. Dude, she's yeah. amazing. No, she's got those lips, dude. Yeah, I know. Kind of angular. Wow, you yeah, never yeah. think of her. Dude, I, I never hear do. her. <laughs> no, no, I never I hear her. That, like, so That's <laughs> unique. Never heard anybody say that. That's so People crazy. forget about Hercules for some reason. Yeah, I always say Jasmine yeah, or Ariel because yeah, I love her red hair and like she's so cool. Dude, she's like 13 though. Ariel's 13. No, let's yes. take, I let's take. Let's take that out of the fact. Let's let's assume these guys once they've grown up and they are of age. Because I don't know how old they are. Belle's definitely of age. Yeah. Belle's of age, and she's cool, dude. Bell Bell's Bell's like the most ideal. Other than other than other than being into bestiality, like she's pretty great. Minor, minor. Thanks, guys. We'll see. Thank you, so Ryan. So, goddammit. Thanks for putting more work for me. No, this is no, this is cool. I mean, hey, if you want, I mean, do you guys have any? If anyone wants a to plug what they're working on or anything like that, go ahead. I never really do. I'm always just like, I'm Hunter and I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be followed. Interview me next year. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. We'll, 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 we'll do it again. Mike. I can we'll, talk. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Sweet.